0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, guys, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Uh, This is kind of an interesting day, and maybe it's something we didn't really consider in doing a husband-wife co-teaching podcast, but uh, today it's just me. Uh, Because uh, several people in my family are currently sick and sleeping uh, in bed. Uh, So we were trying to stretch out as long as we could, um, hoping that people would start to get better. Uh, But Jenny is currently sick, so you could be praying for her if you're listening um, like in live time. If you're uh, listening in January, uh, if you could pray for her to get better. Uh, So, you just get me. Uh, It's a bummer. I know that's not as great of an experience. I think there's a lot more that that comes from hearing two people talk back and forth. Uh, But, just in the essence of uh, keeping up with Job and uh, keeping the podcast on track, it's just me tonight, and we are looking at Job 35 to 37. Uh, What's interesting about Job 35 to 37 is this is the last lengthy speech of Elihu um i I don't love any of these friends, but I think uh, as I continue to read over Job, Elihu probably strikes me as maybe one of the um i don't know like one of the more clueless speakers uh, yesterday, we saw him just proclaiming how um how many words he has and how much more important he is than all the people around him with more wisdom and more age and more years. Uh, Today, we see him make a a pretty critical, uh, prideful error, I think. Um, What I'm referring to is in Job 36, um, basically, Elihu comes out and says, like, you need to listen to me because I have something to say on God's behalf. You can look at Job 36, uh, verse 2. Bear with me a little and I will show you, for I have yet something to say on God's behalf. Uh, Which got my attention when I was reading it. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting that he would say that. Uh, He says, I will get my knowledge from afar, this is verse three, and ascribe righteousness to my maker. For truly, my words are not false. One who is perfect in knowledge is with you. Um, So, what's interesting here is that Elihu, he's already kind of like swung out. We've seen like a little window into like how arrogant he is. Um, But, What he does here in chapter 36 is say, like, hey, you need to listen to me. I am talking for God, since God is not talking, and I am perfect in knowledge. Now, what's interesting about that is in later on, uh, what is this, in chapter 37, uh, Elihu kind of goes into this lengthy description of how majestic God is and how much control God has over the world. But one of the things that he says, this is verse 16, Do you know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge? So he uses the same description of God that he previously used for exactly himself in the same chapter, in the same little part of the speech. Um, And one of the reasons that sticks out to me, I I heard this quote one time from this pastor that said, um, if God likes everyone you like and hates everyone you hate and believes exactly the things that you believe... You might want to be careful and think through if you're worshiping God or if you're just worshiping yourself. Uh, And I think here in chapter 36, we see a little bit of a window into how Elihu falls on that spectrum. It seems like Elihu um, understands God to be exactly like himself. Um, One of the things I've been reading a lot about is uh, a couple different books on prayer. I'm I'm teaching um, a series on prayer right now. And, in a couple of the books that I'm reading, uh they all seem to highlight the need for humility before God and the the need to understand that like God is incredibly great and we are incredibly not and and it's not that we like walk around and uh look down on ourselves and cause ourselves to be depressed or anything like that, but it's viewing ourselves correctly in the view of of God's majesty and so what's interesting here, as Elihu is talking. Um, it's basically that he's he's highlighting himself to the level of God, um, so I, that, that stuck out to me. Like I hope Elihu eventually came around to being a little bit more humble, um, but he comes across extremely arrogant in these couple of chapters. Uh, he also has like a little bit of a flawed view of what's going on here with Job, and different commentaries take different views on this. Um, but what people seem to think is that Elihu here is explaining that God is trying to make Job like like more perfect or more God-honoring. One of the ways you can see that is in chapter 36, verse 18. Beware lest wrath entice you into scoffing, and let not the greatness of the ransom turn you aside. Elihu is basically saying to Job like, hey, God took a lot from you because he is seriously trying hard to make you perfected in His sight, that's the ransom. Like we believe today, that Jesus is our ransom. Um, here, Elihu is saying, "Hey, Job, like your suffering is your ransom." And what's interesting about that is we've been kind of teasing out this idea that uh, good things happen to good things, good people; bad things happen to good people; good things happen to bad people; bad things happen to bad people. And that's kind of the idea that's going on here in Job. Like rain, rain falls on the just. And the unjust. What Ella, is saying, is like, "Hey, when you're going through struggles, that is to perfect you before God, and so you better be thankful for the struggles that that occur, uh, because God's trying to do something in you." And there is some there is something to be said about uh, growth, like like when we uh, rejoice in our sufferings. Uh, what is it? It's in James where it says, um, "Be thankful, essentially, for trials of many kinds, because it builds up character, and character builds up faith." Um, but the subtle difference here is Elihu is actually saying This is the ransom for your life saying like this suffering is actually your salvation in a sense so we we know that that is not correct we can we can start to see here that Elihu is not only arrogant um he he just has a wrong idea about what's going on he does start to or actually continue to um blame job's way of life for what has happened to him, and so really we end up with elihu just saying more of the same with a little bit of a different take on it um the exciting thing is tomorrow uh, job 38 the heading in the esv is the lord answers job and so we will finally see god show up uh in this uh and lord will just talk directly to job we've we've seen job begging for an audience with god And tomorrow, uh, Job finally gets that audience with God. I think actually we are entering into one of the best parts of this book because the Lord is going to speak directly to him. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully, Jenny is feeling better tomorrow. We'll have her back on the podcast, uh, but we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And Elihu answered and said, Do you think this to be just? Do you say it is my right before God that you ask, What advantage have I? How am I better off than if I had sinned? I will answer you, and your friends with you. Look at the heavens and see, and behold the clouds which are higher than you. If you have sinned, what do you accomplish against him? And if your transgressions are multiplied, what do you do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness concerns a man like yourself, and your righteousness a son of man. Because of the multitude of oppressions, people cry out. They call for help because of the arm of the Almighty. But none says, Where is God my Maker, who gives songs in the night, who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth, and makes us wiser than the birds of the heavens. There they cry out, but he does not answer, because of the pride of evil men. Surely God does not hear an empty cry, nor does the Almighty regard it. How much less when you say that you do not see him, that the case is before him and you are waiting for him. And now, because his anger does not punish, and he does not take much note of transgression, Job opens his mouth in empty talk. He multiplies words without knowledge. And Elihu continued and said, Bear with me a little and I will show you, for I have yet something to say on God's behalf. I will get my knowledge from afar and ascribe righteousness to my Maker, for truly my words are not false, One who is perfect in knowledge is with you. Behold, God is mighty and does not despise any. He is mighty in strength of understanding. He does not keep the wicked alive, but gives the afflicted their right. He does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous, but with kings on the throne he sets them forever and they are exalted. And if they are bound in chains and caught in the cords of affliction, then he declares to them their work and their transgressions, that they are behaving arrogantly. He opens their ears to instruction and commands that they return from iniquity. If they listen and serve Him, they complete their days in prosperity and their years in pleasantness. But if they do not listen, they perish by the sword and die without knowledge. The godless in heart cherish anger. They do not cry for help when He binds them. They die in youth, and their life ends among the cult prostitutes. He delivers the afflicted from their affliction, and opens their ear by adversity. He also allured you out of distress into a broad place where there was no cramping, and what was set on your table was full of fatness. But you are full of the judgment of the wicked. Judgment and justice seize you. Beware lest wrath entice you into scoffing, and let not the greatness of the ransom turn you aside. Will your cry for help avail to keep you from distress, or all the force of your strength? Do not long for the night, When peoples vanish in their place, take care, do not turn to iniquity, for this you have chosen rather than affliction. Behold, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has prescribed for him his way? Or who can say you have done wrong? Remember to extol his work, of which men have sung. All mankind has looked on it, man beholds it from afar. Behold, God is great, and we know him not. The number of his years is unsearchable, for he draws up the drops of water. They distill his mist in rain, which the skies pour down and drop on mankind abundantly. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds or the thundering of his pavilion? Behold, he scatters his lightning about him and covers the roots of the sea. For by these he judges people. He gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. It cra- it's crashing declares His presence. The cattle also declares that He rises. At this also my heart trembles and leaps out of its place. Keep listening to the thunder of His voice and the rumbling that comes from His mouth. Under the whole heaven He lets it go, and His lightning to the corners of the earth. After it His voice roars. He thunders with His majestic voice, and He does not restrain the lightning when His voice is heard. God thunders wondrously with His voice. He does great things that we cannot comprehend, for to the snow He says fall on the earth, likewise to the downpour, His mighty downpour. He seals up the hand of every man, that all men who He made may know it. Then he, then the beasts go into their lairs and remain in their dens. From its chamber comes the whirlwind, and cold from the scattering winds. By the breath of God ice is given, and the broad waters were frozen fast, He loads the thick cloud with moisture. The clouds scatter his lightning. They turn around and around by his guidance to accomplish all that he commands them on the face of the habitable world. Whether for correction or for his land or for his love, he causes it to happen. Hear this, O Job. Stop and consider the wondrous works of God. Do you know how God lays his command upon them and causes the lightning of his cloud to shine? Do you know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge? You whose garments are hot when the earth is still because of the south wind, can you, like him, spread out the skies, hard as cast metal mirror? Teach us what we shall say to him. We cannot draw up our case because of darkness. Shall it be told him that I would speak? Did a man ever wish that he would be swallowed up? And now no one looks on the light when it's bright in the skies, when the wind has passed and cleared them. Out of the north comes golden splendor. God is clothed with awesome majesty. The Almighty we cannot find Him. He is great in power. Justice and abundant righteousness He will not violate. Therefore men fear Him. He does not regard any who are wise in their own conceit. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.